Hello, beautiful. Thank you for tuning in to the Colorism Healing Podcast, where our goal is to learn, transform, and resist. What you're about to listen to is the audio version of my weekly live streams on Instagram and Facebook, which you are welcome to join every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Central Time. But for now, I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another weekly live of Colorism Healing with yours truly, Dr. Sarah L. Webb. If you've been following my social media posts over the past couple of days, you know that today is a special day because we have a guest. It's been a while since I've had a guest on the live, and I'm really excited about this one because I discovered her on TikTok, and she has a really strong, supportive audience over there because she's always dropping gems, keeping it real, keeping it 100. (laughs) Um, She also has a global perspective. Uh, I'll let her talk more about that. Um, But before we get started, before I bring her on, her name is Viva. Um, I have a few announcements. Now, the past couple of weeks, I said I was going to write down my announcements. I didn't write them down, but I do remember them today. I do. So as I'm going through these announcements, be sure to say hello and let me know where you're watching from. And if you're tuning in um, because you're a fan of Viva and you're just here to support her, uh, let me know that too. I welcome all sorts of people. Um, Before I get into my announcements too, I want to say that any badges that y'all purchased today are going to be gifted to our guests. So since I started using badges, what I've done is given all the badge proceeds to the person who comes on as a guest. And so keep that in mind. And then, as you can see, thank you. I saw a compliment on my hair, but I also want you to look at my sweatshirts, right? So some of you know that I have some merch. I see color and I love it is like one of my flagship t-shirt designs and so those are for sale (laughs) people continue to tell me i didn't know you sold merch because i hardly ever talk about it so i'm going to talk about it more often speaking of talking about things the book i have not showed it to you all live yet but the anthology for the 2021 colorism healing writing contest is also for sale the cover design was the, the cover art is by Melanie Royster of Melroy Art. And the cover itself was designed by Naila Bookner, one of my former students in Project Assistance. Okay, so all of this information can be found at colorismhealing.com if you wanna learn more. DMs are, you know, an abyss for me on Instagram. So you can send me a DM. I can't promise that I'm gonna find it or be able to retrieve it, okay? So without further ado, I will let our guests come on and I'm going to see who all is on here. Hey, Kindly Social, welcome. Um, let's, let's keep it a bean. I like this name. Wow, you look beautiful and I love your hair. Thank y'all. Okay, I did not come on here today expecting to uh, get high praises for the hair. Snaps by Tanya. Thank you. Hello, Lucid Lowe's. Welcome. Afro NNT, good evening. Hey. So it's evening where you are. I'm curious to know where you're located at with it being evening. Um, all right. So let me see if I can invite you on here. There we go. I see it now. So Ray in Hot Lanta, it's time to run. Go for a run. Make sure you listen to us while you run. <laughs> Yes. Hey. (laughs) 
Welcome. Hi, how are you? How's your day going? And, you know, just <laughs> thank you so much for the invitation. Um, it was great, and I'm just happy to be here. Yes, thank you for joining. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Um, so I'm glad that you accepted the invitation. Um, so I'll tell a little more about why I invited you. So some people follow me on Instagram and TikTok, um, uh-huh. but I saw something you posted about the question. Are people insecure about their blackness when they talk about racism, right? Because, you know, the common saying, like, oh, y'all are just jealous. You know, dark-skinned girls are just insecure. And so I I stitched that video, I think. And so that was kind of like one of my early interactions. But you post so much content about colorism and other things, of course, um, that I was like, I want, you know, my followers, if they aren't already following you, because some of them do already follow you. But in case they aren't, I wanted them to be able to hear your perspective, get some of the nuggets of wisdom that you drop on a regular basis. Um, right. So not everyone who sees this will have read the bio that you submitted to me. Um, so this will be available on YouTube and the podcast, and I'll save it to IGTV as well. And so for anyone who stumbles upon it, who doesn't know about you, hasn't followed you before, why don't you start by just telling us a little bit about who you are and where you're coming from? Okay, so hi, everyone. I am Viva, but I go by the internet name Satyarella. Um, I'm a fourth year student at Cornell University, I'm studying human biology, but I'm doing a minor in equality studies because, you know, that's my main interest. I feel like I'm in the wrong major, but whatever. <laughs> um, I just did that minor to like, you know, make my college experience more, you know, I guess so I could deal with it more versus just doing bio classes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I'm currently in Ithaca. Um, let's talk about colorism. I feel like it's a really sensitive topic. Nobody wants to talk about it, um, especially like West Africans. They like they want to avoid it. Like they don't want to talk about it at all. And this is something that I noticed like as a child. It was crazy because like I'll be treated differently from like my friends who were lighter, and I was like bullied just for being dark. Like it was crazy. And now that I've grown up, I'm like I'm gonna use my platform to actually educate more people. Um, and one thing about me, I don't care about how you feel, facts <laughs> over feelings. I'm just going to say it as it is. You come for me sideways, I'll come for you super sideways. Because, uh-uh, I, I don't play that. So, yeah, that's just it about me. Yeah, so and that's part of the energy that I like, right, is that it's not just what you say, it's how you say it. Like, I feel like your delivery is one of a kind, very original. Um, <laughs> let's keep it a bean, just bought a badge. So thank you, let's keep it a bean for your support. If you're just joining, any badges that you purchase are going to go to Viva, a.k.a. Satarella. Um And I'm speaking of that, right, you talked about a lot of how you see a lot of West Africans wanting to deny the existence of colorism or dismiss it. I saw one of your TikToks that I saw that was very interesting is how you expressed that the colorism you experienced in Ghana or in West Africa was more severe than some of the colorism you felt since being in the United States. I'm curious to know more about that. Like, tell me about why you think that. (laughs) Yeah, so um, a lot of people like get it twisted and they think that, oh, like, you know, if you go to Africa, you know, it's like heaven for black people. And, you know, 
colorism, you might as well just stay where you're at, honestly. <laughs> it's not going to help you because it's like over there, like bleach and creams are promoted, mm. like they're on the billboards and, and like corner stores, like everywhere. Like these bleach and creams are like in your face. Mm-hmm. And it's like you have, in a sense, like, like I guess like where I grew up like in Ghana, it's a sense of community. Any stranger could come up to you and tell you a bunch of nonsense. And as a kid, you're supposed to, like, yeah, respect your elders kind of thing in Africa. So, like, like strangers will ask you, like, why are you so black? Like, why are you so dark? Like, go use bleach and cream. Like, things like that. And it's so, like, I don't know. But I feel like over here, nobody's going to come to you and be like, hey, go use bleach and cream. And also, African-Americans are more open about it. They're more, like, open to talk about it, like, Yo, you're being colorist. Stop. Africans see it as like, oh yeah, they're just playing, like you know. But it's like they don't. One thing, Africans don't believe in mental health. They do not. They don't think it's a thing. They don't think. They don't think like trauma is a thing. They don't think like colorism is even a thing. They just think, oh, like we're just playing. Um. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's just like a different experience. And like, isn't bleach and cream bad in Ghana? It is, but they're still selling it and. It's like the demand for bleach and cream is so high. You you can't get rid of it. It's everywhere. Like it's everywhere. And even when you go into the African markets in the USA, like there's an aisle for like just bleach and creams. Mm. Like it's bad. So yeah, it's yeah. more like in your face mm-hmm. in Africa versus here. Because over here, like they will call you out for it. But like back home, it's like if you say something about it, oh yeah, you're just being salty or you're just being anal or like something like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, I can definitely see that, and that's that was part of my observations too. And so I have not been to West Africa, but just globally, globally, I noticed that in some parts of the world, the promotion of bleaching creams is way more explicit. Like the ads, the commercials, the billboards, the magazines, like they are like all out being very direct and explicit that they're like, yeah, you should bleach your skin. You'll get a better job. You're more likely to get a husband. You're more likely to be popular at school, right? And all these things. And then it's too, like uh, somebody just said that they think it's an American thing, um, that colorism is an American thing or, you know, um, it's, but it's colonialism because this. Let me look at the people's names who are commenting this. <laughs> uh, Carrier 05. So it's the impact of colonialism, right? And so, yes, we talk about like American slavery and, you know, the genocide of indigenous and black and brown people in the United States. But colonization and that sort of brainwashing, I think, like that indoctrination did not just happen in the United States, right? That was definitely, it's, it's, it was actually brought to Africa before it was brought to the United States, right? The sort of idea that Europeans were superior in every way. So it would be hard to pretend like that didn't affect the continent itself, right? Yeah, and it's so funny, like the point that you made about it, like affecting like the impact of colonialism being both in Africa and here. And it's so funny when people come into my comments and they say, oh, like, what you're saying is an American thing, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, so you really think it impacted Asia, impacted North America, like impacted all these parts of the world? And you think you're the only special part of the world that they affect? Like, what is wrong with you? Like, do you think we live in a bubble? Because I don't get it. It's just so weird. And they come out here and they say, like, oh, like, you know, aren't, like, all Africans dark? So, like, doesn't that, why would there be colorism there, number one? 
themselves and go find a book to read. Like, literally, North Africans and North Africans are considered white. Um, number two, like I said, colonialism. And people are really self-hating. You haven't had a black man who looks just like you come up to you and say you're too dark. Like, you guys haven't seen that. Like, he, he could literally be, like, the same shade as you. And you come to you and be like, you're too dark. It's literally, like, these same... Like, people that are saying, oh, they're dark, so nothing will happen. These same dark skin people telling other people that they're too dark. Like, <laughs> so people come into my comments, and I'm like, yo, can we read a book? Because, <laughs> you yes. know, I just get mad sometimes because I cannot. Mm-hmm. Let's keep it a bean, says They don't want to talk about colorism here either. <laughs> and I have to agree with no. that. <laughs> I feel like... No, yeah, they don't want to talk about it anywhere. Like, no, like, there's always that pushback, that always that dismissal or denial. But I think part of um, part of what you're saying is that there has been, even though there's dis- dismissal and denial everywhere, I think there might be more, like, U.S. folks who are talking about it, right? So, yes, there's denial everywhere, but there isn't as much, um, I think, activism around it everywhere. Um, and then Lucid Lowe's asked, um, when she asked about um, bleaching creams being banned in Ghana. So some of what I was reading is that when they ban, like when the government bans bleaching creams, that that actually benefits people because they their products don't have to be regulated, right? Because then they can kind of go on this like underground market. And because the government is not regulating those things, they actually become more dangerous and easier to put out because they don't have to go through any like processes of being vetted. Uh, so that's like, I don't know, it's, it's good that the government is taking a stance, but in terms of the, the culture and the market, it's not actually solving the problem, apparently. Yeah, it's definitely not solving the problem. Um, it's still around. Um, actually, like you said, it's actually more dangerous because they do not have to go through like the FDA or anything in Ghana. So it's like they just bring in these illegal products that are high in chemicals that could cause skin cancer. Um, so this is something that we call in Ghana. It's called Nenswell Bay. So my grandmother has it because she bleached her skin to the core. And this is why I've been telling people, yo, don't do it. She bleached her skin to a core. Like, now she has, like, patches on her skin and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And it looks so bad. And there's so many people, like, especially in the older generation, who have this, like, skin disease. I think it's, like, melanoma. So, but we call it Nenswobe. But it's just, it's just a rampant thing. Like, after COVID, it's bleaching. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I ask people in my comments, hey, if you think like flowers is not a thing, then could you explain the skin bleaching? And they're like, well, people bleach because they want to bleach. Like, it doesn't have anything to do with colorism. And I'm like, so why do you think they want to bleach? Answer the question. Exactly. I'm not yes. just going to get up one day and be like, hey, I want to bleach my skin. Right. Like, we are a product of our environment, and mm-hmm. you need to have an influence to want to bleach your skin. I'm not just going to get up and be like, oh, I want to, you know... I don't know. I, I'm not just going to get up, like, especially, like, even going to college. I'm not gonna, just going to get up and be like, I want to go to college. Like, I'm in yeah, college right. because society has made me feel like yeah. going to college is the way to become successful. Yeah. Like, yeah. so, yes. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... that's the, the thinking of some people, yeah. it just drives me crazy, mm-hmm. you know? They, they don't... 
you can't logically counteract colorism. And so the stuff that they say is illogical. It doesn't make logical sense because you can't, there is no logical argument against the fact that it exists. It's real, right? And then Good Hair, Good Body says, I've learned that most people don't know that bleaching creams impair fertility, cause cancer, and scar lungs, right? And so when people are willing to risk their health and their life to do this, you can't just say it's just a preference, right? Like there has to be some greater pressure behind people choosing to put themselves at risk, like physical risk, you know? Like that proves the fact that this is not just a casual preference. Like most people would not um, prefer pepperoni if they knew pepperoni caused lung cancer, right? Like talking about like preferences, like it's just like, oh, I like chocolate versus vanilla. Like, no. <laughs> Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just a preference. But, like, where do you think that preference comes from? I just want people to sit down and just think about it. Why will people want to bleach? They don't just get up and want to bleach. People don't just get up and just have this, like, preference. Mm-hmm. Um, in my comments, I actually thought I was being the weird one. So I, you know, I was like, okay, maybe, you know, West Africans, Ghanaians got better. Maybe, you know, this thing just disappeared and I'm just, like, talking about something in the past because I haven't been there in six years. Um, so I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'm just crazy. So I go on YouTube and I see this video of this, like, light-skinned girl who was, like, in Ghana. And this video was, like, last year or something. And she's talking about, like, she was talking about how people, like, treat her like a god, like how they call her, like, a white woman and stuff and how... She was like, why are you guys calling me a white woman? And, they, and um, people tell her, oh, like, you should aspire to be white because, like, being white is better. And I'm like, okay, so they haven't changed. Like, this is a societal thing. Like, it takes a long time for it to just, like, dissipate and disappear. And it's just, I was like, okay, so I'm not crazy. Like, this thing is still around. Because when mm-hmm. people in my comments getting mad and stuff, I'm like, y'all could cry at these comments. Y'all could throw a tantrum. Y'all could start a war. The third world war could start in my comments, and I'll not give a damn. I said what I said. And I think, too, like, when we talk about is it still a thing, because I kind of had a same, similar recognition. Like, when I started teaching high school and my student, my high school students were saying colorist things, I was like, oh, this didn't die with my generation? And so what I've had to realize is that, of course, it's still here, because if you don't address it, it ain't going nowhere, right? And so, like, that denial, ignoring it, you know, we really can't be surprised when it's still here 10 years from now if we aren't actively trying to root it out of our psyches, Um so Afro NNT says, I knew from a very young age that dark skin was seen as a bad thing by society. So could you talk a little bit about when you first recognized it, when you first realized it or started to realize it? Like, she was really, like, to be married. First of all, she couldn't even act. 
I like that you um, keep bringing up the comments. So I'm going to read some of the live comments right now. And then we're going to come back to your the comments you typically get. Uh, so Deep House Nation 7 says, Asians get procedures to look more European, not the other way around. Colonial legacy. Correct, right? And so people talk, try to say, oh, well, white folks are tanning. So that means it's not really a thing. One, white folks who tan know that they will never be perceived as black, right? And white folks who tan know that they're white enough to tan, right? Like that's an indication of just how much privilege that they have. The fact that they can try on like a different skin tone or a different hairstyle every now and then. It's not because they're actually walking in those shoes. And for them, tanning is a trend. For people who bleach, they're they're seeing it as like greater opportunity, right? Like if I bleach, like my life could be better. I could have better access to jobs and education. So the the impetus behind it is totally different. It's not just a, a fashionable thing for people who bleach. Like they're doing it to try to improve their actual lives. Um, let's see who else has 
snaps by Tanya. Doe, I never thought of that. Banning, making it more dangerous. Okay, so I'm a little behind in the comments. <laughs> Lucid Lowe says, exactly, this is exactly why I do not dissuade skin bleachers, particularly those who are dark skin. Um, Deep House Nation 7 says, I think religious imagery plays a huge role. That Anglo Jesus image messed us up. Yeah, so that's back to your point about, well, first of all, who said what complexion Mary had in the first place. Right. Who said that? Yes. All right. <laughs> um, Carrier05 says, in the UK, some private clinics are offering intravenous medical pr products that prevents the production of melanin. It's seen as safer than creams. It's crazy. So yeah, they're dedicating like medical research to how to lighten skin, like when, you know, we have like actual diseases and illnesses that need to be cured. <laughs> no, honestly, and I heard some women are actually taking pills while they're pregnant to prevent their children from being as dark as they are. So yeah. they're saying that they don't want their children, this is the excuse, they don't want their children to suffer as much as they have suffered being dark. So they um, make sure that they, they want to make sure that their children are lighter. So that's what they do. And when I heard about it, I was like, it's, just, it's getting worse. It's getting worse. We need to do something about it. Yeah. Um, Lucid Lowe says being white is no longer the only goal. Being white adjacent also provides access to colorism globally. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so Jandel Crutch bought a badge. Thank you. Carrie 05 for purchasing a badge. Um See, good hair, good body, says Latanya Armour, it is. Just because poison us on the plate does not mean we must eat. Okay, so just because poison is on the plate doesn't mean we must eat or drink it. Yes. But I think, um, Lucid Lose, thank you for the badge. Um, but yeah, Clouds Blush says that speaks to the intensity of colorism. And that's kind of what I was saying about the fact that these things are dangerous and cause serious medical conditions just proves that there is societal pressure behind it. Um, but I kind of want to talk more about these comments that, that you typically get. Um, so what are some of the funniest, our most egregious, our most ridiculous things that you get when you talk about colorism? <laughs> um, Or you're just insecure. Just like love yourself more, and like you wouldn't have to like if you love yourself, then like you wouldn't have to care about colorism. Like girls that love them, themselves don't care what the next person has to say. And I'm like, girl, <laughs> number one, let me just get this straight. Number one, the fact that you think that I'm jealous that you're like shows that you think that I that you have something that I want. And if you think that you have something that I want, then you think that that's superior to what I have. Which means that you think that your lighter skin is better than my dark skin, which means that you're a colorist. <laughs> Thank you for walking us through that logic. <laughs> no, I mean, think about it. Like, if you think about it, number two, oh, just like love yourself and like, Oh, trust me. <laughs> I love myself. I know I'm pretty. You you don't you don't have to come tell me you love yourself, whatever. I know I'm pretty. Mm -hmm. Sweetheart. Please. 
to love myself. Um, but that being said, I love being black. And, you know, when somebody is racist, I still get offended because I love being black. And the reason why I get offended is because of how much I love being black and how much I'll be willing to die, like, just being who I am. So same thing for colorism. I love being dark-skinned, and that's why when you say something negative about dark-skinned people, I get offended because that's, that's like, who I am. And, like, you know, that, that's just part of me. So it's like, well, if I didn't love myself, then you would see the opposite reaction. Because if I didn't love myself and you're like, well, dark-skinned girls are ugly, I'd have been like, yeah, you know, that's true. Like, you know, lighter-skinned girls, you know, are, like, prettier and stuff like that. But you don't see me saying that. Mm-hmm. Sweetheart, I will cut your head off if you ever come for dark-skinned black women or dark-skinned people in general. Because, like, listen. <laughs> yes. You know, and it's... I, I don't know why they think that you um, sort of fighting for yourself or, like, you sort of advocating for yourself um, is you just being insecure. Right. So that means that as we as black people, when we went to protest in the streets against racism, are insecure because we're black. That makes no sense. Right. If you really try to like equate it to racism and see the logic, you're like, yeah, the brain cells died. <laughs> so, um, you know, and it's just these funny comments and people are saying like, oh, like there's like no colorism in Africa and like, you know, it's not going to prevent you from getting a job like, you know, because we are all dark. First of all, it could prevent you from getting a job. Look at all the billboards around you. How many of the women in there are dark-skinned? You really think if I were for an addition with a light-skinned girl in Ghana right now, they would not pick her over me? They're going to pick who they think the public likes. Mm-hmm. What the public aspires to be. The public aspires to be white. Colonialism, remember that. So they're not going to pick me. No. And even when you look at the ratio between like our light-skinned act- actors and actresses versus our dark-skinned ones, no, it's not It's not even 50-50. Mm-hmm. It is not. So, like, if you really think that I could land a job in that sector, then you must be fooling yourself because it's not going to happen. Yeah. It's, it's just not. A lot of people say, oh, like, you are just, like, trying to embarrass the country and, like, embarrass Africa. Mm-hmm. And you're, like, saying all these things. And, like, you know what? You're not even one of us. You're not even one of us. Like, you're just, like, trying to, like, embarrass us. And, like, you go to America and, like, you know, you think you're one of them now. And, you know, you just want to, you know, embarrass us. And I'm like, first of all, if I have to embarrass you to make things right, I would embarrass you. Like, I don't care. I, I really don't. I don't give a damn. Like, <laughs> I don't think people understand that I don't give a damn. Like, if I have to embarrass you, I would embarrass you. And if being a Ghanaian means to lie or being an African means to lie about what's happening, then call me white because I'm not African anymore. If that's your definition of being African, then just take me out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's, that's a very familiar argument too, the whole airing our dirty laundry thing. And people would say, oh, yeah. we shouldn't talk about colorism because we want to preserve this image of like unity. We, wanna, we don't want to let people know that we're imperfect. Right. But I think part of what racism has done is made black people think that we have to pretend like we're perfect. Like we have to pretend like we don't have problems. Right. But then that makes the problems fester and that makes them get infected. And so they become worse. 
And so it's like, yeah, if we pretend like there's not a leak in the boat, we're going to drown. <laughs> right. Know? Are we going to like patch it up or are we just yes. going to sit in the boat and act like, mm-hmm. you know, we're not sinking? Yes. Um, dropped Jim says telling someone just to love themselves is so dismissive and does not acknowledge structural oppression. Right. Because then like another similar to like the argument you're making, I'm like, OK, so all that enslaved black people in the U.S. had to do was love themselves more. That's all they had to do to abolish slavery in the United States. It was like a self-love, self-esteem issue. <laughs> but again, it's like when we reject these things, that, that is the first step to self-love, is rejecting that. You know, that you're supposed to be inferior because of where you come from or because of what you look like. But yeah... Um, all right. So Klaus Blush says, so toxic being violent towards someone and then expecting their silence in reply. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now I'm just pretty says, speak queen. Yeah. Now I'm just pretty is like a huge fan of yours. So she oh my like, gosh, really? Yeah. She's like, that's my kind of lady. I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, let's see. Definitely see colorism and music videos coming out of Ghana. Yeah, I hadn't even considered the music videos from there. No, honestly, and like, it's even in our language, like, I don't know how to really translate it, mm-hmm. but like, they talk about like, light-skinned women being bright, and like, they could, literally, they call you like, tuntum, like, they, like, tuntum means dark, and like, they use that as an insult, and I'm like, why are you using that word as an insult? It's like, using fat as an insult, like, why are you using that as an insult? It's like, why are you using that? connotation to that word why are you making it a negative thing mm-hmm. i don't get it that's a lot one thing that really notice about like Guineans in general like they'll call you dark as an insult yeah like mm-hmm. that that's how you know yeah that's yeah how you know. absolutely I'm going, I'm going there in december somebody better not try me because <laughs> i mean i used to be like a timid little child and like you know people used to talk to me anyhow and stuff but i've grown up into something else and our society like tells women to be like gentle and nice and don't fight and like don't exchange words and stuff not me not me not me honey it's it's, it's not gonna be me right try something i would try you back yeah it is what it is yes um also the people that bullied me in middle school it's so funny it's so funny because um, we had this little group chat, right? I'll never say anything in there because, you know, I, I don't... I mean, I'm going to be in there, but I'm not going to associate myself with you guys. So these people bullied me in middle school like crazy. I grew up thinking I was a piece of... You know, we're not even going to go into that. <laughs> and then during these Black Lives Matter protests and stuff, mm-hmm. I post a meme. And the meme says, oh, some of y'all like colorist, tourist, dark-skinned people, but y'all out here saying Black Lives Matter. So I posted that meme because you know me. I would let I would do it. I'm not scared of anybody. Okay, so then this one girl comes up. Listen, if y'all want her Instagram, I'll give it to y'all. I really don't care if y'all go attack her or jump her or whatever. So this one girl comes out and she's like, well, we're over this colorism issue. Like, you know, and it's been 10 years now and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you get to say you're over it because you are not a victim. Like, you don't tell me what I'm going to take as much time as I want to get over it. Like, who do you think you are? And, like, she just goes off on a tangent. Like, basically, like, the, everyone in the group chat is, like, supporting her and stuff because, mm-hmm. you know, like,
like she is like speaking on their behalf and like they all bullied me bullied me and stuff um and i'm just like y'all so weird <laughs> but you know me i literally told them they're all dumb and they're all useless and they kicked me out the group chat <laughs> um but when you like express your concerns about colorism and stuff even if it happened like years ago mm-hmm. people are gonna be like oh like just get over it and stuff like that number one Nobody tells you when to get over things for those in this life. Um, number two, when people say get over it, it's because they're guilty. And they just want that chapter to be over. They just want you to like just like forget about it and everybody just moves along. They don't want to have to face the issue. Yes. You know? And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is I, what it is. I like um some of these comments. <laughs> So people saying, ew, real colorist, mean woman behavior. Black no, they're legit colorists. They're yeah. all colorists in that group chat. And they kicked me out that group chat. I would literally drop all their ads in here right now. I would get the whole TikTok to go believe them. But I'm not that kind of person. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm bad, but I'm not that bad. Yes. So I'm not going to do that. And then we have someone says, I didn't know the impact of violence had an expiration date. Yeah. And no, to, any, <laughs> to any of my African-Americans watching... Y'all know how much we hate when white folks tell us, oh, but slavery was so long ago. Why are you still making it a thing, right? And so we should definitely not be saying, well, you should just let that go. That's in the past. And it's it's easy to say, like you were saying, like that's in the past because you were the one that needs to be held accountable, right? It's always the people who need to be held accountable who want to be like, oh, but that, let's just get over that. Let's just move on (laughs) so that I don't have to like be held accountable for my stuff. Yes. Yeah, because even my mom was like, oh, like, why do you keep talking about this thing and about, like, these people that, like, were bullying you and stuff, and when you do that, you come off as bitter. And I'm like, what if I am bitter? Mm. What about it? Mm. Like, what about it? Thank you. Thank you. Talk about it then? Okay, I am bitter. Now what? Yes. And that's, that's the thing, too. Like, to be judging the way dark-skinned women respond to colorism, but not judging people for being colorists, right? Right. Like, why is all the judgment reserved for how I'm responding to being attacked? Why are you judging me for how I respond to this aggression and not judging the people who are being aggressive, who are being the bullies, right? And that's that's part of why these people get away with stuff. That's why the government gets away with stuff. That's why everybody who is oppressive or who is complicit in forms of oppression get away with it because we blame the victims. And I'm not saying we're victims, you know, necessarily, but it's just like with rape culture. It's like, well, if she hadn't been dressing like that, it's like, no, like y'all are pointing your critiques in the wrong direction, right? Like critique that culture that made folks think it was okay to say those things in the first place. Don't critique the way I'm responding to being bullied. Um, JB1710 says in the U S there's a history of calling folks black as an insult. It's a bad thing. Like I, that happened to me a lot too. Like, oh, you so black. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, <laughs> and those yeah. same people today, like you said, want to want to talk about, oh, I'm melanated, I'm blackity black, and you know, Black Lives oh, Matter. And it's like, as long as you're not too black, y'all are good. Y'all good with claiming blackness as long as it ain't too black. It's the right kind of blackness for y'all. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, and it, it was so funny because, like. Growing up, like, if somebody's, like, a shade lighter than you, they're, like, well, I'm dark, but, like, mm. at least I'm lighter than you. And I'm, like, 
You think that's a flex? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not that dark, right? People yeah, make those I'm comments. Not that dark, like you know. Yeah. And then there's the thing too that happens um, when people do grow up like in dark skin communities. They consider themselves light skinned. They try to claim being light skinned even when they're really not, just because they're comparing themselves to everyone else around them. But that's right. still that's like rhetorical skin bleaching, right? Like they're not literally bleaching their skin, but like they're trying to use their the label to make themselves a lighter person. Um, Snaps by Tanya says so many parallels. Why don't people understand power dynamics? Lucy Lowe says LMAO. I love her. You think that is a flex? <laughs> <laughs> no, for real though. Like you really think you know? You know what's a flex? Like you know, achieving something, starting a business, making a change, something that you worked for, not being light. Like yo, genetics did that. What did you do? What yes. are you doing in life? Let me know. Yes. And then we can talk. And then you can flex. Yes. Okay. But for now, just zip your mouth. Um. Also, it's so funny that there's this, like, cycle. I don't know, for those who have, like, had, like, experience of colorism or whatever, or, like, were bullied or whatever, it's so funny that when you grow up, these same people try to be your friends. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I don't care if it was before slavery was abolished. Like, <laughs> we are not friends. We're not friends, and especially like when I brought up the issue, and like they were all acting like, "Oh, like just get over it." Now I know we can never be friends because mm-hmm. now you're, you're still colorist. Yeah, that's what you're telling me. Right, right, and like instead of coming at it from like, "Yo, I'm sorry," they want to say, "Just forget right. about it," right? <laughs> and right. even if they apologize, you don't owe them friendship, right? Like I even if they do friends. say, "Oh, I realized I was wrong. I've changed my views." I realized I was brainwashed and I've learned to like, that's fine. Like they have are entitled to evolution, but we still don't have to be their friends. We still don't have to be buddy, buddy with them. We still don't have to work with them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you did not owe me kindness and you decided to pick the wrong side. So I don't owe you any kindness and I'm, I'll pick wherever I like. I mean, life goes on. Yes. Um, there was something else I wanted to say. I can't remember if it was from my comment or not. Um, but I think one thing I'm curious about, because you talked about how your grandmother bleached and how, you know, even though your dad would respond to certain comments, he didn't really, um, proactively affirm you and how you had the bullying in school and just like strangers even coming up to you and saying, saying these things. So what was the turning point for you? Was it something specific or was it, you know, you just wake up one day and we're like, that was bad. Like Lupisa Nyong'o 
Congo and like Naomi Campbell and like, you know, these black women on TV and something like that. I was like, okay, yes, yes, you know. That's that's what like representation matters. Like representation mm-hmm. is so important because you need to see these people like you on TV and just be able to be like, okay, yes, you know, she's pretty. We 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 look alike, you know, we mm-hmm. we, we we could, you know. But um also it was I guess nobody really has this experience. Well, I guess other people have this experience, but like when I came here as well, I was really like doing well academically and that's what added to mm. my like that's what added to my confidence, I guess. Because back home I was like an average student. Yeah, everyone knew I was smart, but like I feel like the bullying was part of the reason why I could not do well in school. And when I came here, I was like, okay, I'm about I'm about to be serious. My mom did not bring me to this country to mess up the immigrants in here. You know, you know, and they always tell you, yo, I did not bring you here to mess up. So, you know, I came here, I was doing well. Like, I feel like when you do so well in school, I feel like people respect you a little bit more. Like, even if they have something to believe you about, like, they can't really, like, because, like, it's like, oh, yeah, that's a smart kid. So, um, that was my experience. And also, I just woke up one day and I was like, oh, no. Like, I can't keep thinking this about myself. Like, I'm pretty, like, look at the models on TV and stuff, like, they're just as dark as me. I never saw them in Africa, like, that's so ironic. That's so ironic. Um, so, yeah, like, Africa's mostly, like, bleaching creams and these light-skinned people, and I don't know if there are any Ghanians in here, but I was always, like, the light-skinned Nadia Buari and, like, always taking the lead roles and, like, always being, like, the center of attention in the movie. So, like, coming here and, like, seeing these other models and, like, African Americans being more vocal about this issue, um, that's what made me come to like accept myself more. And it's kind of sad. I wish I could have said that, like, you know, this started back home, but it did not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's just what contributed to it. But I, I was also like, nah, like, okay, I don't care if people don't think I'm cute. Like, I'm cute. Yes. And I'm going to start saying I'm cute. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, yeah. So. like those three different things that contributed to your turning point. And I, I like to talk about that aspect of it too, because there are people who want to get to that place. There are people who want to, they wanted to get better. They want to feel better within themselves. And it sounds like definitely if, when you're able to remove yourself from the bullying context, when you're able to remove yourself from the context that was so colorist for you, like that is a practical thing that you can do. And sometimes, you know, you do have to, like so many people say it wasn't until I got to college because there is something about like leaving home, whether your home is a country or if it's just like your little household with your family, like so many times like home again in multiple senses of the word is not affirming. 
And that's just really sad to say. Like a lot of black people, our various versions of home don't always affirm blackness, especially not dark skinned blackness or, you know, natural haired blackness or like big nose blackness. Right. Um, So leaving, whether you're leaving to a different city, a different country or even just, you know, down the block sometimes gives you perspective. And I think like that perspective is so important in terms of helping you to see the lies that, that we are fed in society and like, oh no, it doesn't have to be that way. Like there are other possibilities for me. It's possible for me to see that I'm beautiful and that I can achieve and be successful and be smart. And I think that part about gaining confidence in other areas of your life, right? So it's like self-esteem is not just an island, right? Like any boost to self-esteem, I think impacts the totality of self-esteem and confidence, right? So that's, you know, for anybody listening, like start to think about like not just your face, but like your person, like your entire identity as being valuable and beautiful. And then also I like the fact that also you just got sick and tired of being sick and tired. And you were like, I'm right. not taking it no more. <laughs> like I'm done. I'm done with that. Right. You know? <laughs> I'm like, I'm cute because I said so. I don't care what anybody got to say. Yes. If I say I'm cute, I'm cute. Everybody in the chat, if you say you're cute, you're cute. Doesn't matter. 100. It's just so ironic how the people who look like you the most have the most say about how you look. Mm. Bro, take a good look at yourself in the mirror and tell me what's the difference between us. You have a big nose, I have a big nose. You have a big forehead, I have a big forehead. Like, bro, look at yourself. And it's these, like, I I hate to say it. I hate to, like, drag anybody into it. It's these self-hating, no-brain, literally lack of education, low-class black men that will literally come and tell you you're not, like, they'll literally tell you, oh, you're ugly. Mm-hmm. And it's literally, like, the low-class ones. It's never it's never the, you know, the self-aware, educated, those who read about colorism, those who are, like, socially aware. It's never them. It's, it's always the, you know... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so like low class for anybody who might be confused. Not just talking about like money, like how much money you make, but like your. No, not, it's not about money. Yeah, <laughs> the brain. The brain. Like, the brain cells yeah. are mm-hmm. literally like low class. Like yeah. they're literally the brain cells are reading at second grade level when he's like approaching forty. Mm-hmm. That's the type of low class that I'm talking about. Yes, there's this. Yeah. I gotta read this comment. <laughs> um, Black Knight 06, 26.2 says a queen with savage tendencies. Love it. <laughs> and vagabonds truth preach right so people are really feeling what you have to say um i remember one thing i was thinking about when you were talking about like being light skin is not a flex it's interesting to me that um like you were saying people were like oh I'm cute. You're jealous because I'm light skin, or I'm cute because I'm light skin. Yada yada yada. The the way people will flex about something that they have no control over is mm-hmm. is actually uh, sad. And I pity people who have to rely on something as superficial. Like you did not do that. That's like right. me flexing because my mom got a college degree. Like, oh, yeah, my mama did that thing, right? Like, you living vicariously by the fact that your two parents had a certain DNA and decided to have a baby, right? And that is, you know, when you fail to cultivate other aspects of your personality, 
then you rely that much more heavily on your light skin, right? And so it becomes this like vicious cycle because you don't focus on other things, so that's all you have. And so then you have to cling to that privilege that much more. And now I'm thinking about like other TikToks that people have sent me that I want to respond to, but the you're jealous because all the gir- black dark skin girls hate me because I'm cute and I'm light skin and that whole logic about how colorist they are. Um, but anyway, I like your responses to that when you broke it down. Like, no, if you think I'm jealous, then you assume you have something I want, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to leave us with an opportunity to discuss. Drop any questions if y'all have for Satarella, a.k.a. Viva, in the comment before I uh, send her on her way to enjoy the rest of her afternoon. She's a college student, y'all, so she got things to do. <laughs> Um, Klaus blushes they don't gain anything by putting dark skinned women down these men will still be oppressed for their racialized existence yeah and I had I took issue with um, you know the same men that rely on dark skinned black women to rally for them when they're experiencing racism are the ones who throw us under the bus every other chance they get let, let, let me let me just hop on this let me just hop on this really quickly let me just hop on this really quickly because remember when I was telling you about like this group chat and they were like um, how I should get over it and stuff I posted on my snapchat I said I do not support black men that don't support black women mm-hmm. and this same girl that told me to get over it was like oh so you're saying black men deserve to die I'm like I'm not saying that I'm just saying that if you don't support black women, I'm not going to support you because I'm not going to pour into a cup that is not pour into mine. Yes. <laughs> yes. Point blank, period. You being black, you being black is not enough for me to give you my support. Let's just make that clear. Mm-hmm. If you're black and you're against black people, you harm black people, you spread stereotypes about black women, they're ghetto, they're loud. Well, I'm loud, but it's a stereotype. They're ghetto, they're loud, they're ratchet, you know, things like that. You're harming black women because this putting out the idea that black women are strong and black women are masculine. And that's what happens when we go into the hospitals. They don't even take us seriously. They don't even think that we need meds because of these same stereotypes that these black men are putting out. So guess what? You're doing the same job that the policemen are doing, just in a different way. You are killing us. And I'm not going to let you kill us. So guess what? Good luck. I'm going to send you on your way. Go fight for yourself. Go get your banners and your things and go protest on your own. I'm going to stay at home, lock my door, turn on my AC in the summer. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then sip on my iced tea. Yes. We're not about to do that. We're not about to do that. 100%. So this is one question that just came in from Snaps by Tanya. I asked earlier, but are men as affected by bleaching as women in Africa, like encouraged as much or is it extremely gendered? Um, I would say that some men in Africa bleach, but it is majority women. I would say it's like a 98 to 2% ratio. And the reason why I say that is because a lot of women feel like they have to bleach their skin to be more desirable for men. Um, so, yeah, the beauty standard for women is like being light and things like that. So women are the ones who are pressured because women are the ones who have to impress men. And usually in our cultures, like if you're not married by a certain age, it's like, you know, what are you doing? When are you getting married? Like, you know, they start giving you the side eye. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter how 
you have, they're going to be like, okay, yeah, you're 28 and you're still not married. Like, you know, no man is going to want you because you are black. So go bleach your skin and go find a man. Yeah. I feel you. And that's, I think that's consistent. I think that's consistent for like every ethnic group, every like region yeah. in the world. It's just like that intersection of not, it's color, but it's also like gender and like the patriarchy. And that's not limited to just white men. Like men of other races can also be sexist and have patriarchal stru- societal structures, right? Yeah. Um, this is an interesting question from Lucid Los. As a dark-skinned Ghanaian, do you feel pressured to stand by lighter-skinned continental Africans over other dark-skinned women in the U.S. who may be African-American or Caribbean? Um, at the end of the day, they do have societal privilege, even though they are continental Africans. Um... So I am going to stand by the Darcy woman all over the world. You just being a continental African is not enough for me to... My loyalty is not blind. Let me just put that mm-hmm. on. My loyalty is not blind, okay? You being a continental African, you being black, does not guarantee that I am going to support you in whatever you're doing. Like, literally, if you're wrong, you're wrong. And it's like, when it comes to these things, like in a white supremacist society... A light-skinned woman, no matter her ethnicity, is always going to be put above a dark-skinned black woman. And we still have a long way to go when it comes to making dark-skinned acceptable. Um, So my platform is just to lift up dark-skinned black women everywhere in the world. I don't care where you're from, who you are, what your religion is. Um, We're all in the same boat. Yeah. So... um, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, your your perspective reminds me of the the phrase "all skin folk and kin folk." Right. And I love the fact that you said just because you're black doesn't mean I'm going to support you because if you're wrong, you're wrong, right? And I think about the whole R. Kelly thing and how people try and like even um what's his name Bill Cosby. <laughs> People try to like use people try to use racism and the fact that black men experience racism as a reason why we need to support these men, right? And like I know that that they are extreme cases, right? And you know, but it's true, right? Like we can't just accept abuse. We can't just accept anti-blackness simply because it's coming from black people. Right. Right? Like that's the thing. We can't just accept white supremacy simply because it's packaged in dark skin. And that's like a lesson, you know, because people always say, we need to be, have a united front. And I'm like, united to uphold white supremacy? No, thank you. Right? Like, I'm not going to be united with that. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I feel like when it comes to racism, like, it's, it's acceptable for me to be, you know, aggressive and stuff like that. But when it comes to colorism and I'm being aggressive about it, everyone's like, why are we just, like, fighting amongst ourselves? Like, why don't we, like, just come together? And because we are colorists. Colorists are worse than racists. Like, in my opinion, bro, we are the same race. Think about it. We're supposed to be on the same team. And you're acting like this. I, I would literally, I would treat you worse than I treat a racist white person. Because to them, it's like, you know, due to history and stuff like that. But for us, like, we were in the same boat, bro. So literally. Literally. Like literally in the same boat. Y'all hear me? Come back, you and I 
superior to me or to deny somebody a job just because they're dark. Like, you're literally, you're doing the white man's job for mm-hmm. them when you're supposed to be on my team. Like, now I feel like you're backstabbing me. So now I'm going to get really violent because we're not about to do that. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, clouds blushes, there's a betrayal in colorism. Yes, I feel that way. I feel like racism is terrible, but it doesn't feel like a betrayal. Right. right? Like colorism is terrible and it feels like a betrayal, right? Because I've never expected white folks to like me, right? And so the fact that you, you would hope, like you were saying, like you would hope that at home amongst your own people, you could be accepted as a dark-skinned person with a big nose, with 4 hair or whatever. And so when your own people are like, nah, we prefer whiteness as well, then that's like a betrayal. And so on top of the systemic harm that racism and colorism both do, it's like, but with colorism though, like y'all betrayed us. Like y'all stabbed us in the back, right? It's different. Um, Colorism is the activation of the overseer system. In many ways it is, um, not all overseers were black. They had like white overseers too. But in a lot of ways, people will throw other black folks under the bus for a few scraps of, you know, access to white society, right? Like, oh, well, you know, white folks were going to kind of give me an extra piece of bread. And so I'm, I'm willing to like throw my brethren under the bus for that little bit of scrap extra. You know, and I, the, in Hotel Rwanda, Don Cheeto's character said, they told me I was one of them and I believed them until it was time to get on that bus and like get out of Dodge. And they were like, no, you have to stay because you're not one of us, right? Um, and so I feel that way with colorism and the black men who are oftentimes the most vocal, especially on like public platforms, right? You think about like two shorts, recent comments, like a lot of black men do that. They um, are willing to throw black women, dark skinned black women under the bus specifically for the illusion that they're going to be able to attain what white men have been able to attain throughout history until, you know, you are dying in the streets at the hand of cops until you aren't one of them and they make it very much known Um, yeah and yeah we know not all black men i mean um not all black men i mean hey (laughs) i am in a relationship with a black man he's loving he's caring and you know he tells me how pretty i am and everything but we have those men there, but then we have this group of black men who are so vocal, right. and it's right. like, bro, there's there mm-hmm. there's too many black men who are putting down black women, and it's like, it's it's just you you, I don't even know how to put it. These black men with no brain cells are literally creating a like narrative for like in, the entire like group of black men. And it's like, anytime, like, now anytime we think of black men, it's like, yeah, weakest links, you know? And mm-hmm. it's just sad. Like, y'all should just change, change your ways, please. Because you're not helping yourselves by bringing us down. Like, it doesn't help you at all. Mm-hmm. And like, say, yeah, that's why we prefer white women. And, you know, Becky is not going to argue with me when I come home and blah, blah, blah. Bro, please. I am begging you. Yeah. This, this is not the place. Like, y'all just embarrass us for what? I just want to know. Yeah. It's, and it's real. It's, it's, you know, it's not some of it, a lot of it. Much of it has to do with colorism and other parts of it have to do with racism and misogynoir. 
Um, and so like, yes, you know, not all black men, but when we're talking about a problem, it's, it's always understood that not everyone in the group that we're talking about is problematic. Just like people say, not all cops. Okay, but we still need to address the, the cops right. that are killing us, right? Exactly. You know, they might say, not all light-skinned women, yada, yada. That's fine. But right now, we're talking about the light-skinned women who are problematic, right? And right. so, and it's tough. It is tough. You do have to consider the the fact that black men, unlike any other race of men, are more vilified, more demonized, more attacked than other races of men. But that intersectionality piece is so important. And a lot of black men still haven't acknowledged the privilege that they have in a patriarchal society. A lot of black men still aren't willing to acknowledge the ways that they participate in and benefit from misogyny and misogyny war in particular, right? And yeah, I'm, I'm going beyond coloring specifically, but because it's, no, it's, we, we it's, it it's on the table. Yeah. <laughs> because when those black men are like, yeah, well, I want to be able to come home and not be fussed at and not have somebody yapping in my ear and not be disrespected. I want to come home to peace, right? How many black women can say, we also go out and deal with racism? And have to come home to a man literally hitting us upside our head. Like, let's keep it 100. Like, one, black men are not the only ones that have to deal with racism in the outside world. Black women are also dealing with racism outside of our homes. And black women also have to come home to men who expect us to then be servants and maids, right? And to disrespect us at home. How about that, right? And so it's, it's frustrating. It is because... Black women are the least likely to date outside of our race. We're the least likely to marry outside of our race. And so we have disproportionately supported black men throughout history, right? And so us offering this critique should not be taken as, you know, abandoning black men. We have given, become martyrs in the name of protecting black men and black boys in ways that they have not done for us. They simply have not done the same level of heavy lifting to support black women and girls the way we have done in reverse. Right? And just yeah. the... Go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, no. I'm just like, you know, seconding what you're saying. Yeah. Um, it's it's just disproportionate, this disproportionate support um, that's going on. And it's like, it's even at a point where it's like, black women are so, I guess, skeptical. Because anytime that we see like a black man that's like, oh, I support black women and stuff. And we're like, yo, you just want clout. <laughs> because we are so sick and we are so done. We're like, all, like if you say you like black women, we're probably just going to say you want clout. Mm-hmm. Like, and they're, they're probably going to ask for evidence, like, where's your black girlfriend? Because, yeah. you know, it's like, we're, we're so used to black men just like saying negative things about us and it's even so hard to believe that, you know, it's just like when these men make TikToks, like, you know, hey, we love black women, and we're like, go sit down, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And then the other thing, too, is like, I've talked to, I've done like one-on-one consultations with black women who have said, I am afraid of black men. Like, they are afraid of black men. Black women talking about the traumas the the various abuses they face at the hands of black men. And yes, for all races of people, you're more likely to be abused by someone of the same race, right? So we're not saying that it's only black men because white women are more likely to be abused by their white men. 
but it's the lack of reckoning that we still we still have a lot of repairing to do between yeah. us as black men and black women. And I'm going to be honest, right? My mom's always telling me to be more transparent. Like I I told someone once. I said, "You know, I don't I, it's not easy for me to make eye contact with men, right?" And then I went back and reflected on that and I was like, "That's a lie. I can look a white man dead in the eye anytime I want. Like that is nothing to me." But I've struggled with fears of looking black men specifically in the eye because of the negative responses I've gotten from my own people, right? And so to any black man who follows me, like, just know that your sisters are out here, like, afraid to be traumatized in, in little ways and like little microaggression ways to all the way to like the severe, you know, being murdered by our intimate partners. And black men who really care, like, you have to be willing to sit with that, right? And like not just be defensive um, because that's unfortunate, right? I should be able to, it should be the opposite. I should be able to look into the eyes of any black man and know that my, I'm going to be recognized and affirmed. And I don't mean affirmed as in like, oh, you're beautiful, but you're affirmed as just like, oh, hey, what's up, sis? Instead of what you looking at? Like, I don't want you. Ain't nobody checking for you. Like, I didn't, I just looked at you. Like, I'm not asking for your phone number. Like, I'm not asking you out. Like, why does it have to be so much vitriol? Um, So, yeah, it's real. (laughs) Yeah. Indigo in the flow said that um, more black men need to call out black men who are colorist and misogynistic. And that is a fact. Because men only listen to men. (laughs) Men don't listen to women when it comes to societal issues. It takes another man to actually like come out and be like, yo, this is wrong. Because when we say it, we're jealous, we're loud, we like to complain. You know, all these things just to gaslight us. We like to complain. And it's so funny because who knows Kevin Samuels in here? Because Kevin Samuels literally brought a white woman to his show. And told the white woman to give black women tips on how to keep their men. Can you imagine? Stop. Stop. No. Embarrassing. Oh, my God. I'm so embarrassed. And I'm like, why do, why do, why do some of these black men embarrass us like this? Why did you have to do that? You couldn't go get a black woman who has, like, a stable marriage to come talk to other black women about how she has kept her marriage. Why? Like, what was the point of that? Yes. To be racist in massage noir, right? Oh, my God. But, yeah, I agree, Indigo <laughs> and Flo, that you we need more black men to be vocal, right? So it's one thing. For you to personally say, oh, yes, I love black women. I love dark-skinned black women. I'm married to a dark-skinned black woman. But really, it's time now. Like, we really need y'all to be at the forefront of some of these things, like colorism, right? Because you'll see a lot of black men taking the lead, sorting organizations. But, you know, people have told me, too, because I've had similar conversations. People have said, well, because it doesn't affect black men as much, we can't expect them to be at the helm of these things, right? But then, to, to an earlier point, 
like the pers- the existence of colorism is enabling the existence of white supremacy. The existence of your anti-blackness is enabling the anti-blackness of everybody else, right? And so if you want to address the racism that is killing you, you have to address that internalized racism as well. That anti-blackness anywhere in the world is going to contribute to the annihilation of you as a black man. Sorry. No, you're good. (laughs) My life just like, I fucked up. I have like a ring light here. Oh, that was embarrassing. (laughs) No, you're totally fine. Uh, (laughs) um, Yeah, and so explain that point about um, being like eternally anti-black, like upholding white supremacy. You being colorist is basically saying lighter is better. It's basically saying features that are close to whiteness, your sanctuary beauty standards are superior and mm-hmm. that's ultimately saying that like white features are better than like our afrocentric features yeah. or like our big noses and things like that so you're kind of adding to that and this like stereotype that like they started like yeah black women are ghetto this and that a lot of black men uphold that and they like keep they, they are the ones like echoing it right now mm-hmm. you know like i hear more Black men say black women are like ghetto ratchet, this, this, this. Um, versus like even white people saying it. And I don't, I don't, like, what, well, that's my experience, you know. And most of the negative comments about my appearance have come from black men. Like, yeah, I know that, you know, I'm dating a, like a really nice and really sweet black man who's like really nice to me and stuff. And this one thing I hate about people when people are like, oh, well, I have a black boyfriend and like he's nice to me and stuff. So like, you guys are just like bitter and you guys are just jealous and stuff just acknowledge like it's a general problem although like you are in kind of like a better place it's still a problem yeah um so yeah also tying into that the people that come into my comments saying well i'm darker than you and i haven't experienced colorism before so you're just lying and i'm like you know you don't have to like deep dark to experience colorism right number one number two i never saw an elephant so elephants don't exist that's what you're telling me and that would be dumb it's like <laughs> me going up to you and saying you know yeah i've never been to antarctica so antarctica like doesn't exist and you look at me like huh just because you've never been there doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Correct. So the same thing I'm going to tell you, like, just because you're darker than me and never experienced colorism doesn't mean that I'm lying about it. Like, okay, good for you. You never experienced it. Great for you. You have a boyfriend that says nice things to you and, you know, he's he's a black man and he's nice to you. Good for you, but please don't be coming on here telling people about their experience. Yeah. Stay in your lane. Like, this is your lane, this is mine. If you know you're not going to contribute to the discussion or, like, add anything valuable and, like, if you know you're, like, going to gaslight me, yo, just stay in your lane, bro. Yeah, but then also, like, 99% of the time they have experienced colorism. And they either, they maybe were oblivious to what was happening or they are in denial about what was happening. But 99% of the time they actually have experienced colorism because again, colorism is not just the explicit bullying. Colorism is also the systemic inequalities. And so you don't know when you didn't get that job. You don't know if it was because of colorism or racism or sexism or all three of those things. And so, yes, 
you are experiencing colorism, even if it doesn't register in your conscious mind, even if you aren't in a place where your mind will allow you to really acknowledge it, right? And then I, one other thing I'm going to say too is that we can't cherry pick um, when we're pro-black and when we're not, right? Because it was going back to like the whole Black Lives Matter movement and people saying, oh, well, you know, in this sense, you know, it's okay to dislike um, black aesthetics or black features or black hair. I still love black people though, right? And it's like, you can't cherry pick those things. You can't isolate those things because that is the, the pathway. That's the channel, the conduit that colonizers used to justify violence against black people, right? Is saying, oh, you look like this, you talk like this, you dance like this, right? And so you can't devalue a person's life without first devaluing everything else about them. And what people, I want people to realize too is that anti-black rhetoric always foreshadows anti-black violence. And so it's not just, cause I've had people say, oh, but you know, Cops are killing innocent black folks. Why are we talking about this? I'm like, ask yourself why they're killing black folks. It starts with the story that they have in their head about who they are. And that's why we're addressing the narrative because the narrative is what facilitates and justifies in their minds killing us, right? So if you want to address the killing us part, you got to address the ways we were viewed, the ideas about us in the first place that made you think that was okay. Right. Um, all right. So this has been a very in- exciting conversation. Thank you. I knew it would be. I knew it would be. And uh, <laughs> I, I do. I, I just have to feel like I have to say, you know, I need to have a extended conversation about, you know, the dynamics between black men and black women and femmes, um, even though it's not exactly related to colorism. So for any of my audience watching, like that is coming up. Let me know if you want to participate in an extended conversation, including like black men who want to come on. I think we have as many as four people on the live. But remember, I do this every Tuesday at two o'clock central time. I don't think I have a guest next week. So you just you're stuck with me for next week. But I have another guest coming up uh, in November, um, Aliette. And yeah, so this will be saved on YouTube, IGTV and the podcast. And so before we go, uh, Viva, a.k.a. Satarella on Instagram and TikTok, what are some parting words you'd like for either the live audience and the various audience who's watching the recording to take away from this conversation? Um, I just want to thank you guys for having me, for listening to me rant. Um, I really appreciate you guys. I just want to say for all the dark-skinned girls, like, whoever's, like, undergoing colorism, because you don't need to be dark, dark to experience colorism, like, you know, people of different shades, like, experience colorism, um, look, stand your ground, defend yourself, and know that you are beautiful just the way you are. I wish I had, like, a lot of people tell me this when I was younger, but I did not have anybody tell me that. Um, so just keep that in mind, and don't let anybody gaslight you. Don't let anybody make you think that you are dragging it or you're doing too much or because I mean, I've had that or you're doing too much or you're just like bitter. I mean, hey, it's, it's okay to be bitter. Shoot. I mean, <laughs> if you're bitter, you're bitter. Talk about whatever you want to talk about. Start a TikTok, raise awareness.
whatever you have to do to just like get this word out and yeah i hope to see you guys um like dr webb said at satirella on tiktok and instagram (laughs) thank you so much and thanks again to the people who purchased badges lucid los latanya armore career 05 jandale crutch and let's keep it a bean so I'll be giving Thank those you. tips to Viva and I'll throw in a little tip of my own. And I'll see you all next week. Be sure to follow our lovely guests on all of the platforms. Take care. Thank you guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>